Hallelujah. Well, you all people come out on the Easter Sunday night service. Glory to God. Amen. I think you want to you want to have since spend some time worshiping God and maybe hear some hear the word of God. Amen. So let's go to Acts chapter 2 tonight. I want to talk to you about the power of the resurrection, the resurrection if you will, in maybe a little bit different way than before, but you know without the resurrection there's so many things that would be lacking. In fact, without the resurrection, we'll see from the Word of God, if we get that far, that without the resurrection, there is no forgiveness of sin. Now, in saying that what we're saying about the resurrection tonight, we would be a fool to make light of the cross. We're not making light of the cross, but realize uh, without, the, without the resurrection, the cross doesn't benefit us. Amen. But without the cross, there's no need for a resurrection. All right? And so let's look at some things tonight. Now here, interesting, on the day of Pentecost, after, you know, they've been filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter stands up, verse 15. I'm going to read from the King James, halfway modified by Tad version tonight. Might take some these and thous out, all right? For these, verse 15, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now he, he says all that, all of that is found in the book of Joel. The prophet Joel had, had by the spirit of the Lord prophesied that. Peter says this is, this is the fulfillment of it. But then he goes on from there and you realize this, you can't call upon the name of someone who's not alive. You ever thought about that? You can't invoke someone's name that's not alive. I mean, people try it, but it doesn't work. Well, who are they? They're gone. But he said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's pick up here in verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God by him, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up. Everybody say, God has raised up. Having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held of it. For David spoke concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope because you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer or allow thy Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You shall make, make me full of joy with my countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. 
If you go to Jerusalem, there's still a place called David's tomb. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit upon the throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which we now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made both has made that same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ." Now, in reading this, it becomes evident to me. You know, here in verse number, let's see. He goes up here in in verse uh, number 33. He says, therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. What now? What? This day of Pentecost. Had Jesus not risen from the dead, the day of Pentecost never could have happened. There would be no outpouring of the Spirit of God in these last days if Jesus isn't risen from the dead. Now you say, well, you know, we, we're here, we're at Raymond, we know Jesus. This is Easter. I mean, come on, brother. But I want you to know that the world does not know Jesus is alive today. They don't know he's risen from the dead. There are many, 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 many schemes and lies of the devil out there telling people that first of all, Jesus never existed anyway, that what's said in the Bible. And if he did die, he surely didn't rise from the dead, but Jesus is risen. Amen. The early church spent a lot of time talking about that. Look over in Acts chapter three here after this man at the temple had been raised up. Remember Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifting up, lifted him up and immediately his ankle bones received strength. And he went walking and leaping and praising God into the temple with him. Verse 11. And as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together into them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, you men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Why look so earnestly on us as though by our, our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life. I, 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 I don't know why today. I just felt like looking up that word prince. It's the same word translated author in uh, Hebrews 12. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is the author of life. When he rose again, he authored life to mankind. The same life that God breathed into man's nostrils in the beginning when in in Genesis 2, 7, he took that that, uh, dirt body, if you will, and he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. Man handed over that life, became separated from that life because of his sin. But thank God through Jesus Christ, he has authored life back into us. Now how? By the resurrection and killed the prince or the author of life 
whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Praise the Lord. Well, that was the answer before the people. Then over in chapter 4, they answer before the religious leaders. In verse 7, they said, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said, You rulers of the people, the elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done unto the impotent man, by which means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, And all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name, another name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of the risen Christ, the risen Savior, that name Jesus. You know, Jesus received that name, and his name became the name above all names, not when he was born on the earth, but when he rose from the dead. It's then that that name became the name above all names through the resurrection. Look there in in chapter 4, you know, they go back to their own company and they pray. And the place where they prayed, you know, it was shaken by the power of God. And they, they went out and they spoke the word of God with boldness. But look what, look what the Luke says here as he writes this in verse 33. His narrative of it says, With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Every time someone was healed, it witnessed it that Jesus was alive. Every time someone accepted him, Jesus is alive. Every time a miracle was happening, Jesus is alive. Every time someone was raised from the dead, it was proof that Jesus is alive. Glory to God. Look in chapter 5. They brought them in again. They said, look, didn't we tell you not to preach in the name of Jesus any longer? You're trying to bring this upon our heads. Well, you know, they had been saying, you crucified him. (laughs) God raised him from the dead. They're just telling the truth, aren't they? Look here in verse 28. They said, did we not strictly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be the prince and savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. I want you to notice again, the ministry of the Holy Ghost begins with the resurrection of Christ today in our time, in our life. You know, we know the Holy Ghost is in us by the new birth, but also he's upon us by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the the day of Pentecost, that Pentecostal experience that is the key to the realm of the supernatural together with the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Signs, wonders, and miracles, glory to God. So the Holy Ghost and the ministry of the Holy Ghost There in the book of Ephesians, it says he's the seal. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. He's the down payment. Never would have happened without the resurrection of Christ. 
Thank God, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 15. You know, early on in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul told them, he said, you know, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or, you know, a lot of fancy words. He said, but in demonstration of the power of God, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said, when I was among you, I, 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 I didn't preach anything fancy. I just preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. But here later, you know, he, he says, uh, you know, some people say, well, see, we just need to, all you need to preach is the cross. Just preach the cross, preach the cross. Now, again, as I told you, I'm not making light of the cross. I mean, you'd have to be some type of, I won't even say a fool. I'd say you have to be an idiot to make light of the cross. Thank God for the cross. But if Jesus hadn't risen, the benefits of the cross would not be there for us. And so Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 12, he says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain or has no fruit, and your faith also is vain. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God. For we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if it so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not, is, is not Christ raised. In other words, if the dead don't rise, Christ isn't risen either. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, everybody say, but now, is Christ risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first, fruit, first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Thank God. He is the first begotten from the dead. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. Glory to God. And we're risen with him. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 1, Paul, one, part of Paul's prayer here, he gets to verse 19. You know, I'm praying that we'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, one of the things he prays that we would know is that, verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? Guess what? You're an us word. How many believers we got in here tonight? Then this power is to you. What kind of power is it? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or which he worked or demonstrated in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and authorities and mights and dominions and every name that is named, not only this world, but also that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Without the resurrection, 
There is no seating at the right hand of God. Without the resurrection, there is no authority over all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. Without the resurrection, there is no body to be the head of. Without the resurrection, there's nothing under his feet. But thank God, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? And so we are partaker of that with him. Over in chapter 2, this, this wonderful section of Scripture here, verses 4, 5, and 6. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together or raised us. Quickened means made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, here was God's plan. When God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at the right hand of, uh, of, of God at his very right hand in the throne room of heaven, when God raised Jesus up and set him there, that the covenant was made, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, and God would raise us up, those in Christ, and seat us there with him. Now, we know physically we're here, and we've got a resurrection of this body coming, but we are raised up and seated with him. Without, without the resurrection, we would not be raised. Without the resurrection, we would not have life. Hallelujah. Without the resurrection, we would not have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. In Ephesians chapter 3, glory to God. In Ephesians chapter 3, at the end here of Paul, another one of the great prayers of Paul that he prayed for the saints and the faithful in Christ, that we can pray for ourselves and pray for anybody who's a Christian. He gets down here to verse 20, and he says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In us. In us. Not out here. It's working in us. What kind of power? Resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead that the Bible says is the greatest demonstration of God's power that's ever been seen. It's in us. It's in us. The power is in us. Hallelujah. Resurrection power. Turn over to Romans chapter 6. Here in Romans chapter 6, hallelujah, we read about our place how that when Jesus went to the cross, we were there with him. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that, you know, uh, when he was on the cross, I was on, I was on his mind. Well, I wasn't even, on, I, was, I was on his mind, but I was in him. Amen. It's even a greater, greater, greater thing to think of here in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, I want you to remember here that the Bible talks about several different types of death. Death, though, in the Bible doesn't mean cease to exist. Death means separation from. You remember when God told Adam, the day that you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Did he cease to exist that day? No, he was separated from the life of God. All right? To die means to be separated from here because of faith in Christ and because Jesus rose from the dead and we have forgiveness of sins, it's as if we have been separated from sin. And what we're separated from, why would we live any longer in? Right? 
He goes on to say, know you not? Verse 3, that so many of you that were immersed fully, that's what baptized means, into Jesus Christ, were baptized and fully immersed into his death. Just as much as Jesus died, I have died. Just as much as Jesus went to, went to that place of torment, you have been there in him. And because of him, you were buried. Verse 4, four says, therefore, we are buried with him by a baptism and, and, and by immersion into his death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Woo, glory to God. The same resurrection that defeated death, hell, and the grave. If you're a Christian tonight, you have experienced and you're now separated from sin. He goes on to say here, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. What old man? How many of you know the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Paul said, put off the old man and put on the new man, which is in, created in righteousness and true holiness in Christ. Our old man, he said, he said, our old man is crucified. Hallelujah. Look at verse seven. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if you be dead with Christ, we believe we also shall live with him. See, notice, notice it wasn't enough for Christ to die. It's not enough for us to die. We die with him, but we have to rise with him also. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe what we so also shall also, sorry, live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. I heard Brother Hagin say this years ago. And when he said it, it went right over my head. I understand it now. He says, if death has no more dominion over us, then Satan has no more dominion over us. And if Satan has no more dominion over us, then neither do any of his works. Sin, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, separation from God, eternal death, have no more dominion over us. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise reckon. Do the math. That's what reckon means. Do the math. Figure it out. Look at it. Look at all the evidence. You also yourselves are dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love that up there in verse, notice it says in verse 4, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Well, we, we have experienced it. We've been raised from the dead by the glory, the very presence of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look over one more scripture tonight. Don't need to stay all night to talk about the resurrection, but we could. <laughs> we could talk about it from here till Jesus comes back and not exhaust the benefits of the resurrection. The, the, the un it's almost to the natural mind, it's unfathomable, it's unbelievable. It, it's too great to understand, but yet it happened. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Glory to God. Romans chapter eight, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how many of you know without 
the resurrection of Christ, his spirit would not dwell in us. But because he has risen, that very spirit, the spirit of the almighty God, God, the Holy Spirit, the mighty Holy Ghost, the greater one lives on the inside of us. Because through him, that resurrection life is imparted unto us. Because he is God and God is life. And that life is in us. Hallelujah. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Well, I thought the glory of God raised him from the dead. Well, what was it, brother? The glory of God or the spirit of God? Yes. It is one. It is the same. It's the power of God. It's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many of you know that that glory of God used to reside above the mercy seat, above the wings of the cherubim? The glory of God would sit there above that ark of the covenant. Hallelujah. But when Jesus died, the veil of that temple that that kept the the commonplace, the the first place from the holy of holies, it was was torn in two. That, That piece of cloth that they say was at least six inches wide, a one piece, it was torn in two from top to the bottom, signifying that the way into the holiest of all was no longer made with a temple made with hands, but that we have a new and living way by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through his resurrection, we now have access to the very holiness of God and his glory no longer dwells in temple made with hands. His glory dwells in the temple that we are. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the glory of God lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is risen. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ up, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Hallelujah. 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 Fair's, Fair's translation says here, his note says to give an increase of life. To, uh, through us of, in, the, of phys, in our physical life. Now we know that this earthly body, the inward, the, the Bible says this outward man perishes, but the inward man's made new day by day. I was talking to, you know, was teaching the, uh, our students here. And did you know, and there's several of them in here tonight, students, but others, all of you that were born in the 2000s, raise your hand. You have a two zero in front of your birth date. Now, for some of you, that, praise God for you. But, you know, for a lot of us that got saved, you know, years ago and even, you know, even in the 80s and especially 70s and 80s and 90s, we didn't think we'd even make it to the 2000s. Jesus was coming back. So you being born is miraculous to us. But I was talking about that outward man perishing, and I don't think any of them have any idea what I'm talking about. They haven't experienced that outward man perishing, Right? I mean, not one of them makes any sound when they get up out of the seat. I walk off the platform and I go, uh, you know, it's just, it's just natural. I don't necessarily hurt. It's just guarding just in case. Because when you do that, it gets a little, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of, okay, bring it in. But this body's not going to live forever. But thank God, that spirit that lives in me, my spirit's alive unto God. So much so that that same spirit, it's working in me now. 
It's keeping this body well. I didn't say you had to be sick. I didn't say you had to be weak. I just said it's not going to live forever. And when I lay it down, one day I'm going to pick it back up again. Because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that gave Jesus a resurrected body, hallelujah, is going to give us the same. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive today. And because he lives, because he lives, because he lives, we have a tomorrow. Amen. Everybody stand up on your feet if you would. Praise the Lord. Give God thanks in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that Jesus, you raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor. He's alive. We declare that he's alive. We declare that he is Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's alive, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God that was slain is risen from the dead, crowned with glory and honor. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that resurrection power that now works on the inside of us and gives us dominion over sickness and disease. I thank you, Father, right now that your healing power, your healing power is active in each and every one of us. It's the life of God. It's the life of God. It's the life of God. Oh, Father, we begin to see glimpses of why Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And it's far better to be in your presence. But Father, because it's more needful that we stay, we're here now. But we thank you that you infuse us with life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is alive and well today. And we give you all the glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have that life on the inside of you, but boy, it's available for you. It's available for whosoever will. The Bible says that if you confess, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll confess him as Lord with your mouth, you would be saved. Amen. It's as simple as that. As we close tonight, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to invite you to come on down here. Ladies, come to the ladies, men to the men. Or if you need prayer for any other reason, you come on down. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They'll pray with you according to the word of God. That's where our answers lie. Father, we just thank you tonight. We dismiss this service. We surround each and every one by faith and love. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to be here Wednesday night, Hour of Power. Young adults tomorrow night, Synergy on Tuesday night. Glory to God. Always something going on where you can hear the word of God in fellowship with your, with your brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. God bless you. You are dismissed.